Our next guest is a guitar player for one of the best modern rock bands around. Their greatest hits volume two, The Better Noise Years, coming out on March 19th via Better Noise Music. Get it wherever music is sold, stream it, download it, but, you know, buy the CDs, buy the vinyl when it comes out. Welcome, Jerry Horton. Yes, thank you very much. How are Papa you guys? Roach. By the way, let me just say Jerry Horton as opposed to Tim Horton. It's, it's a very Canadian name. It is <laughs> very much a Canadian name here. Let me just get started before we get into the into the greatest hit stuff. The the last time Jeremy and I uh, saw the band, we actually got to hang out with the band in Laval, a part of the Shinedown tour. Uh, to me, what was amazing is that after all these years, the band hasn't slowed down live. You, you just kick ass constantly. How important Appreciate is that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, how important is it? For, how important is the live show to what you do? And obviously, since we haven't had live shows in the last year, how has that sort of changed the band just sort of sitting on your hands? Well, uh, the live show is very important to us. We've uh, worked over the years to really hone the craft of, be of being performers. You know, um, we've seen bands that... Uh, that don't put the work into their show and and you know it's cool but to see a band who really knows how to do it live it just it takes it to another level and we want people to feel that experience and want to come back uh and as far as you know the past year goes uh it is the longest we've been home in 20 years um and we have, you know, on, on one side of it, we've taken the time and really enjoyed the time with our families. And then on the other side of it, we've been working away behind the scenes, you know, writing and recording new music and, and recording, you know, video content and all this kind of stuff so that we can have something to just kind of keep ourselves out there uh, in this time so that when it's time to go back out, you know, people will say, oh, yeah, let's go. Right, because they'll be thirsty for some live music at that point, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thirsty for, for some uh, some Papa Roach. Now, uh, before I just turn it over to Jeremy, I'm going to focus just real quick on, on, on the beginning. You know, back in 98, 99, I worked for Metal Hammer US, the, the very short live uh, Metal Hammer US, and they sent okay. me the infest album ahead of time like six to nine months ahead of time and they said check this out write a review and the whole thing and i put it on and and listen i'm an aerosmith fan and a kiss fan and guns and roses I, I wanted nothing to do with new music i'll be honest and i put it on and i went "Ooh, this band has something this band will be big and i told others i said watch this band they're going to be big this this is a special album for you at that time, did, did you realize that it was a special album? Did you realize that when you signed with DreamWorks that all of a sudden you made this thing and it went, yep, okay, this is next level? We had a feeling that it was going to do something. We just had a different plan. Right. You know, we, we uh, like most of the bands that we knew, it was going to be a long road of playing clubs, you know, going to radio stations, doing that promotion that, you know, takes a while. And we had no idea that it was just going to be a rocket ship, you know, so 
we knew it. We had something. We just didn't know it was going to go that quickly. Yeah. And it went, it went great. And by the way, I thank Walmart for part of that because they banned your record everywhere. And everybody was like, oh, I got to <laughs> fucking hear it. Is that true? I didn't know Walmart banned it. They banned it because they, they said the word fuck in it. And they said that Last Resort was somewhat suicide based. And they had to put another song on it. And I went and bought both versions. And it was hilarious because they just bleeped stuff. They didn't take it out. So you're listening yeah. to it and you hear bleep. Bleep, and you're like, no. oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think but it helped. If I'm not mistaken, I think they took Blood Brothers off of the Walmart album, mm. and so we put another song called Legacy on that one. Yeah. So yeah, nice. it worked out because it created a lot of controversy. Because yeah, well, at listen, the time, I, I I don't think anything sells more records than controversy, right? right. Yep. <laughs> It gets everybody talking, so yeah, the best thing ever. Yeah, it was the next totally. step from from the from the uh, PR PMRC stickers to actually ban releases, and yeah. it created quite a stir. And, and listen, I bought both copies just to say "fuck you" to Walmart. But anyway, well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. You know, you you guys released this new remastered version of "Broken as Me" with uh, Danny from Asking Alexandria in the song. And Mitch and I were talking about this. You know, recently in rock music, there's a lot of collaborations going on. You know, I work in Top 40 Pop Radio on a daily basis. And every time, you know, you see an Ed Sheeran interview or somebody, it's like, you know, oh, so who's the next collab you're going to be chatting with? Who's who's going to be on the next track? You know, kind of thing. And it's all, it's all about the collab, collab, yeah. collab. Even in the hip-hop world, you know, what made you guys decide to, you know, get Danny on the remix of this song for 2021? Um, you know, we've been... I would say probably in the last like five years, we've been taking a, you know, most more serious look at collaborations. And it's something that as music fans we're familiar with because hip hop guys have been doing it forever. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we just thought that, yeah, why not? You know, not only does it give our fans, uh, you know, s s a fresh texture or, you know, a fresh voice or whatever um but it also kind of brings us to their fans as well um and then for this for broken as me it was just like okay well we have we have the singles obviously that that we're going to put on the greatest hits you know and then they said well what what other songs do you guys want to put on there and we chose broken as me because it, it's a fan favorite you know it wasn't necessarily a single but uh, we we played it live. People love it. Uh, we love playing it. And they, you know, they said, okay, well, th this should be a, a, some kind of collaboration. And it, it wasn't even like, hmm, who should we pick? It was like, of course, Danny, because right. his, his voice is perfect for it. Um, and, you know, he's got his own character. And so it was something that was going to be familiar enough, but also different enough. And uh, he killed it. Yeah. It's it's funny because, you know, back in the 80s, okay, collabs and duets or, you know, the big power ballad duets. You know, you got the Lionel Richies yeah. and Anna Ross and all this stuff. But it's like, you know, imagine Sammy Hagar and Van Halen did a collab with Bon Jovi in 1987-88. Like, you know, it would never happen. <laughs> Whereas no. today, anything's possible. Yeah. Well, in fact, speaking of the collaborations, you also did Last Resort Reloaded with uh, Jairus Johnson. Uh, the song is exploding all over TikTok, and the band says, "Hey, you know what? Kind of like this. We're gonna do this too." Uh, talk to me about that collaboration, but also the the importance that social media has to the band. Yeah, so uh, we've 
we've been um, champions of social media for a long time. You know, we we really enjoy that direct connection with our fans. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, in in trying to further that, um, Jairus's video came up and we had been talking about collaborating with somebody, you know, on a reimagined version of it. And we couldn't, you know, we threw a few names around, tried to get a hold of some people, things didn't work out. And, you know, we, we said, well, okay, let's try and, and figure out somebody that's kind of up and coming. And, uh, you know, we saw that video and at first it was kind of like we, our, the mindset was, well, this is a, this is a TikTok guy, you know, there's just like, is he really an artist or is he, or is he just making videos? So, you know, we kind of dove a little deeper and, you know, realized that he's been doing music for a long time. He's got other stuff that, that he's had in the works. And, uh, we really were like into what he was doing. And so, yeah, he, it was funny because I think in his video, he put something like, what, wouldn't it be, uh, a dream come true or something like that. If act, pu- actual Papa Roach got on the song. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, Jacoby, uh, he actually went down there and met with him first because he was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to see what this guy's all about. I'm not just going <laughs> to, you're doing all going to just jump into it. Doing a and, background um, check on the guy. Is he a murderer? Totally, yeah. Totally. <laughs> he vetted him and all. Uh, but Sorry. yeah, you know, he, you know, they were down and, and, uh, it, it just, it happened and um, we're stoked with the outcome. You know, I think that it's not only is it bringing, you know, the song to younger kids, but it, it just like, it's kind of bringing it into the, the new age as far as uh, instrumentation and sonics. And I, it's just, I, I just think it's a really cool take on it. And, uh, you know, uh, we do get some backlash of people saying, well, you guys ruined the song. And, and <laughs> I always just tell, I always just tell them, look, we didn't destroy the original. If you want to hear the original, just go listen to it. It's fine. Yeah. Right. It's very easy. It's very easy. You don't like something? Go listen to the original. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me just ask you. uh, Jeremy and I were were talking with David Coverdale the other day, and he he goes back on on these greatest hits, and he reimagines the songs. He strips them down. He brings up the guitar. He adds new parts. He brings in Derek Sherinian and so on and so forth. You've sort of done that with the collaborations on this greatest hits. Is that something that interests you to go back and listen to those old songs and say, mm, man, if we just tweak this, uh, is that something that, that, that you're interested in doing is, is and, and sort of putting a fresh coat of paint on the older songs? We do that a lot live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 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 we change maybe the song structure. We change the arrangement we add parts, you know, we, we extend parts here and there. Um, Jacoby will kind of do a freestyle over something. Um, as far as putting, you know, re-recording stuff and putting it out, you know, we are, we are doing that with, not only with Last Resort, but we did some re-records of some older stuff and we're using that to do some reimaginings with. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be another sort of collection thing that we may just put out song by song. Um, but yeah, we are looking at doing that um, just to, 
not only to kind of keep ourselves interested, but I think the fans enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about um, guitar tones really quickly. You know, in 2021, there's so many different ways to get a guitar tone now. And I follow you on Instagram, and back in like October, or something you posted a couple of vintage amps. You had a block letter fifty one fifty up there, and you know, recording some new stuff. I know you've been playing the Tempest from Schechter. Talk about modern day guitar tones, because I mean, obviously live, I'm sure you guys are using the fractals and all that stuff. But you know, in the studio, do you still go back to a vintage amp and an old school guitar and try and get like a vintage classic tone? And is there a difference between that classic tone and achieving something that's more modern sounding? Um, I think that the tones are achievable with the simulators and um, the modelers. Uh, it's just, you know, with the vintage stuff, it's it's really easy. You just plug it in. It's yeah. there. It's its own thing. You don't have to mess turn with it. Turn it to much. 11 and it's it's good. Yep. Turn it to 11 and you're done. So yeah, we still record with amps. Um, I use um, a mixture of Schecter and you know some of the other vintage stuff that uh, Colin, our Colin Britton, a producer, he's got. Um, and yeah, it's for recording. It's just, I think, I think t uh, it's probably like with the with the modelers. It's like it can get you to like 95 percent. Uh, and for most people, they probably won't hear a difference, but for people like us who know and uh, really care about that kind of stuff, it just takes it to that last, you know, 5%. Yeah, and you know, like, there's just something cool about going into the studio and turning that knob up. But it's like I was interviewing somebody, and I can't remember who it was. It was like last year, and they were saying, "Yeah, I was using this vintage Marshall in the recording, but it sounded too old. We needed something a little bit more modern." And I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that um, I mean there there's a kind of a philosophy of amongst bands and and actually close like more along the lines of engineers and producers that if you if you can't get the tone with like you know a marshal or something like that then you need to work on your playing kind of thing you, you um, really do yeah I, you know there are some some people that you know I, I think maybe especially for like the metal guys where they need more more gain or whatever and that's totally understandable, but you can you can put a pedal in front of a, a Marshall and be good enough. Yeah, you just boost the hell out of it. Marshalls are, yeah. are great. Uh, let me ask you just real quick uh, from the band's origins. Uh, originally, you had a trombone player, and I guess, you know, with no doubt and sort of the ska thing going on back in that time, was that the original sort of vision of the band to be sort of like a no doubt or to be sort of a ska kind of thing? And, and at what point did you say, all right, Ben, you gotta go. We can't do we can't do brass instruments in this band. <laughs> well, I think vision is a little bit too intellectual of a word. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there really was any vision. It was just like, you know, we're in a small town. We don't have anything else to do. And by the way, you know, Ben was in the band before I was, so you know, it, it, it was like that they were their own thing. And then Jacoby called me and said, "Hey, become part of this." and it was 
partly because of the trombone where I said, ah, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> and then, you know, we tried doing that with the trombone for a while. And then we finally just said, do they have a tough discussion when you have to sit yeah. down with the trombone player and throw it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think Ben and, saw you, you know, coming with was, like, ah, oh, that son of a bitch. Another guitar player. He was cool with it. You know? Yeah. He was cool with it. He was just like, yeah, okay. I get it. So, <laughs> Yeah, but and if maybe it was hard, he would have grabbed the guitar and be like, "I, I, I can play yeah, guitar. Yeah. I can play bass." Uh, you know. No, hey, listen. He maybe too into other. He was too other into stuff. Other things. Uh, there you Who go. Who knows though? Uh, maybe on uh, Collection Three, we can do a, a a remix with a trombone mix or something. But I, yeah, it's go. just interesting that you know at that time with that with no doubt in Orange County and all that stuff breaking out, there was these bands, and then you put out Infest. You went, "Fuck it, we don't need no trombone. We got, yeah. got guitars." Yeah. Yeah, it you know we we uh, we started on that path around like ninety six ish, and um, we just the 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 energy at the shows just went way up. So we we got we got addicted <laughs> addicted to that part of it. So we're just like, yeah, we're going, we're going. You should have seen the pee breaks on the trombone solos. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Mitch, what do you prefer, drum solo or trombone solo? I'll take a trombone solo over a fucking drum solo any day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Gary, I discovered your band, you know, because I'm a wrestling fan, and the first song I ever heard from you guys was the Monday Night Raw theme song. Yep. Do you, um, what did that song do for the band? Did it help really, like, ex make you guys explode at that time and get you to a new audience, or...? It, it did get us to a new audience. Uh, uh, there's a funny story that I'll tell you. We we did a show in Germany with Iron Maiden. And, you know, an Iron Maiden crowd, especially in Germany, is like, you know, you don't want to cross them. You don't want to be something that is not even close to them. Yeah. So we were shaking in our boots, basically. You know, we were just like, this is a an Iron Maiden crowd. Like, what are we going to do? You know, so we get up there and we just say, screw it. We get up there and we start playing the song To Be Loved and they went nuts and they were just jumping up. It was like, what? They love us. What's going on? And then later we find out that To Be Loved is the theme song for Monday Night Raw and wrestling is just as big in Germany as it is in, in North America. And it was like, Okay, now that makes sense. But yeah, at the time it was like we were ready for doom and gloom, and we got like this, you know, electric energy, and it was, it was cool. Yeah, was and the awesome. crowd just the crowd just goes off. But you, you didn't? Did you guys know that that was going to be the theme for Monday Night Raw beforehand, or like they, like it just happened? You found out. You're like, wait, what? Well, we heard we heard that it was going to happen, but we didn't realize that it, you know, it crossed over into Europe as well. So yeah. That's had no idea. Just yeah. a, real quick, you mentioned Iron Maiden, of course, Bruce Dickinson, one of the greatest vocalists of all time. How do you uh, rate Jacoby? Because his voice is so Papa Roach. It's, I mean, it's so part of the sound. Uh, and yet, when we talk about some of the greatest vocalists, we talk David Coverdale, we talk Bruce Dickinson, we talk Rob Halford. We don't talk Jacoby enough, and I think we should. Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially his his vocals his voice and his, uh, his technique and his style has gotten better over the years. And, you know, he's one of the best performers hands down. 
and uh, absolutely, I think he deserves a place in, in, amongst those names for sure. Oh, absolutely. The, uh, yeah. the the times I've seen the band perform, uh, he commands a stage. I mean, he. Re- yep. I mean, the, the whole band commands the stage, but he comes out there and he keeps you entertained. He does not stare at his feet or sit on the drum riser. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the gig, though, isn't it? You got to go out and be able to, yeah. you know. But not everybody it has it. Not everybody has it. Jacoby has it. And the band has it, too. Yep. Let's let's not put the band down. Yeah. That I mean, trom- the trombone player. You know, yeah, the trombone player, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Pa- Papa Roach, Greatest Hits Volume 2, The Better Noise Years, out March 19th, available wherever music is sold. You can check out the energized version, the re-energized version of Broken As Me lyric video, which is actually really well done, by the way. Really good animations. I love you. The band has always had really great, you know, graphics and stuff. And like you said, the social media has been a big thing. So I got to compliment you guys. You do a very good job online. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's all important. Everything's important. So, are you guys going to be doing vinyl and like CDs of this stuff, or is it going to be just like the streaming, the route, streaming route with this uh, greatest hits volume? No, we are do we are doing uh, some different packages. Uh, we're doing a special bundle for, for with the vinyl, and we've gone through all of the approvals, and we're, I'm, we're stoked how it's coming out. It's it looks really cool, and and I think that it's going to be a cool collectible for people that really love that part of it. Right. You can't sign an MP3. That's no. right. No, go to the show and can't get your Spotify signed. Nope. <laughs> can't do it. All right, Jerry, this is awesome. Great to meet you, man. And uh, we'll catch Great up next too. time you guys are in Montreal. We'll hang. Yes, for sure. Thanks, you guys. Thank right. you. Cheers. Cheers. See you later. Bye.